0: We don't have to sing. Let's not. Oh, hello, gentle listener.
1: Welcome to Hot Drinks. Before- I'm
0: fucking drunk.
1: God damn it! <laughs> hot, 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 hot. Hot drinks.
0: Hot, 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 hot. Hot drinks. So I'm already drunk. Like and subscribe.
1: To tell them that. Oh,
0: hi. Hi. Do you want me to stop?
1: I, I know. I was going to say, I think we should tell them that we're recording the intro after we've recorded yes. the episode. Well, I think
0: it'll be pretty obvious because when we recorded the episode, we were like, oh, then they'll know like why we're not together, but now yeah. we are together. Yeah, we yeah. are. So it makes no sense. I know. Hi, welcome to Hot Drinks.
1: Hi, this is a podcast.
0: You you listen to it in your ear holes.
1: <laughs> Let's not make that merch.
0: Oh. You listen
1: to it in your ear holes. Do I, I mean, say you that can, every time. You can keep saying it. Yeah. I think
0: it's pretty cute. I, it,
1: it's, it's clever. It's charming.
0: I love an ear hole.
1: Uh,
0: um, <laughs> I'm Brother Jack Coffey.
1: I'm Sister Latter Day Twain.
0: We are your hosts. I and am. And your companions. And your uh, spiritual advisors. <laughs> and your priest, personal priesthood interviews.
1: You are a Pisces rising. No, what are no, you?
0: No, I'm a, I'm a Leo rising, a Leo which is rising. shocking. But I'm a cancer moon, it which is, makes perfect sense.
1: Um, Leo Rising does not shock me at all. There are people listening who are like, I don't know what any of that means.
0: And I think we also say this every time. <laughs> I think we say something about
1: this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you watch the
0: show? Are you familiar with a show called, uh, do you know that show? Are you for real? Yeah, for real. Are you for real? Yeah, a show called, uh. No. Okay, so it's with two drag queens, <laughs> Trixie Mattel and oh, Katya. Then yeah. yes, okay. I am, okay. I am. It's called, uh, uh-huh. but have you watched it? Uh-huh. Do you uh, when they start their episodes? They kind of remind remind me of us. <laughs> Wait, did I say that right? They because
1: remind yourself of they re, they remind you. Okay,
0: when they start, <laughs> they'll say like, "I'm the rash that doesn't go away, Trixie Mattel," and then she's like, "And I'm you know the I don't know I can't Do, think of anything doodly funny." Doop
1: doop Gotcha. Yeah,
0: and it's kind of like us when we're like when we always try to think of ways to introduce ourselves I know. that don't involve how tall we are. I'm six five. <laughs> Are I'm you? the heaviest I've ever been Oh yeah You're 6'5 Yeah wow, what do you okay. think I was?
1: I don't know I just don't think about it Well
0: fuck you <laughs> I'm 5'10 um, Oh okay
1: for, That's tall for a lady
0: It is tall for a lady But Tisha's like 5'11 For 11.
1: A, cis, a cis lady A birth a assigned lady, lady. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 Fair Your Tisha She's 6 foot
0: She's like 5'11 I don't oh. think she's quite 6 feet Oh
1: okay but So our top. children
0: are a race of giants <laughs> We are raising a race of giants Upon the land <laughs>
1: Oh, Good for them. They were born in the wrong time. They should have been more, born in the Middle Age.
0: right <laughs> when they could have fought battles against Westeros.
1: Right. Oh, <laughs> remember
0: that piece of shit show? Oh, don't
1: oh. even start.
0: It's so sad because people will be like, people will be like, oh, have you? Oh, you got HBO? You should watch Game of Thrones. And I'm like, no, don't you shouldn't. Don't do no, because it. it's great for like a few seasons, and then it becomes trash, and it'll Here's, let you down.
1: Here for all of you people out there who are utter and complete game of thrones virgin game of thrones virgins Mm -hmm. so you haven't read the books you haven't seen the show okay wait until all the books come out watch the first six seasons of game of thrones all
0: the books will never come out and then (laughs) for real don't you think i think he i think he shit the bed on that one
1: well he well no i i've heard but this could be bullshit that the next one's almost ready
0: he's been saying that since game of thrones started oh there's another so as long as we're talking about epic fantasy novels and I love that that's the topic today. <laughs> there's another series of epic fantasy novels called The Eye of the World. Okay. Is the is the wait. No, it's called The Wheel of Time. The first one is called The Eye of the World. Mm-hmm. And the the guy writing them, his name's Robert Jordan, and he wrote I can't remember 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 books and they were similar to Game of Thrones, like these very epic You know, like, I literally, at the time, like, when I was reading these books, because this was back before, like, we had phones with the internet, I literally had a giant printout I had downloaded from online somewhere of, like, referencing all the characters. So I could, like, look through and be like, oh, this person's this, whatever. i kind of keep track of anything. Yeah. Anyway, the last two or three books that Robert Jordan wrote were total and utter garbage. Were so bad. And then he died. (gasps) So, and then his widow got another writer to finish the books and then and he wrote i think three books his name's brandon sanderson he's a former mormon and i used to really like him but he's a piece of shit Uh he like doesn't like the gays and stuff what he's like orson scott card who's also a mormon who also hates the gays they're Uh kind of cut from the same cloth anyway so they're closeted no, we don't we don't say that. We don't do that. Is
1: that not okay to say? It's not okay to say. What if you are married to a closeted gay? I think <laughs> Who it's okay. hated the gays? Well, <laughs> no, I'm just saying
0: we like, yes, that is often the case, but but we don't want to I don't think it's fair to paint that picture that everyone in the closet like actively works to like destroy gay people. Okay. So anyway. Okay. But anyway. yeah, anyway, the point is. He finished the series. It was much. It was a much better ending. I loved the ending. It was beautiful. And then he came out as sort of like a bigot. And then I was like, well, damn it. God. Kind of like J.K. You Rowling. You can't win. I know. It's terrible. Well,
1: remember the um books, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Uh-huh. That guy died.
0: Oh, I never read those. He
1: wrote three books. Uh-huh. And they are all phenomenal. Uh-huh. He died. And then someone else took up continuing the series with... Uh, and I can't think of her name, but with that lead actor. That lead character.
0: Wasn't her name like Lisa or or Lisbeth? Lisbeth. Lisbeth. Lisbeth.
1: Yes. Salander. Lisbeth Salander.
0: You know who else died? (sighs) The person who wrote The Boxcar Children. And we never figured out where that boxcar came from. I'm just kidding. That's not true. Oh,
1: okay. And I'm acting like I know what the fuck you're talking about. Do you
0: not remember the boxcar children? I mean, I
1: remember the series existing because I used to work in a library for one. You did? I did too. I was a librarian. I was (gasps) too. In Cedar City in 2011 and 12?
0: No, it was my first job in (laughs) Provo when I was 15. Oh
1: my God. I
0: put the books away. On the shelves. Mm. I was called a page. <laughs> Get it, a page. Oh. <laughs> anyway. So, you guys, today's uh, episode is all about um, fantasy novels. It's not. I wish. I know. Um. So.
1: We interviewed my friend Latoya. Yes.
0: And we interviewed her a few days ago. Mm-hmm. And I did not go over because I started... This is a thing I've been doing lately. Tell me if you've been experiencing oh, I can't this wait at
1: all' to hear the thing
0: many, many times at about six o'clock at night, like kind of later into the evening, I start thinking like, "Is that a little scratch in my throat? do i am i is this oh, wow. like I start to feel like I'm getting sick, and I think if it was any other time in the history of my life, I would just be like, "Oh, it's just some allergies or I didn't get enough sleep last night or whatever, but because we live in a pandemic i get all freaked out about it sure. i'm like this is it yeah this is the onset and then i read those do you see those twitter threads that are like i had covid and on day one i had a small sore throat and by day two i was coughing up blood and, and my eyes had fallen dead. out of my head yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're just they go through <laughs> the most horrifying symptoms and yeah. they're like yeah. i can't talk and when i'm laying down in bed at night it feels like the bed is shaking and like just all these awful horrible things and so that's what I do. So I, so about three times a week, I'm like, is that a little... Do I
1: have a little... Oh, my goodness. And
0: then by the end of the night, I'm convinced that, like, well, this is it. COVID is coming. So... So I didn't come over.
1: Right. So we recorded remotely with LaToya, which is what you will hear after this intro. Right. Um, about COVID. So um, I was at the restaurant that I'm furloughed from. Right. And they're doing curbside. And when I was there... Uh, these two dudes came in, and they didn't—they didn't look like rednecks. Right. In fact, one was a person of color. Right. And um, they weren't wearing masks, and we don't have any signs that say masks mandatory or anything. Um, but we we're always wearing masks and gloves because you know food. Right. And so one of the guys said, "Oh, side note, my boss just told us to five minutes before this, that he now has five friends who have had or have COVID-19. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, like I said, five minutes later, this guy who came in, not wearing a mask was like, so no dine in because of COVID, the fake COVID. Oh Jesus. (laughs) And like, what do you do? You just kind of go and make, get them out of there. Yeah, You know,
0: um, Yeah, I was at Target today, and I was recalling, for some reason, I don't know why, I was thinking about the first time I went to Target after the pandemic started, and, like, I just remember I was terrified, I had gloves on, I had a mask on, I came home and I, like, wiped down all my groceries, like, I would not get within 30 feet of another person, like, if someone, and now, like... Now I feel like I can actually go out and, like, function. And now now I think we understand the disease better. And we know that it's less likely to be sp- spread through surfaces. And it's uh-huh. much more likely to sp- be spread through breathing and blah, blah, blah. But I just think, like, like a few months ago we were, like, I think most people were acting that way. We're staying in. We're being very cautious. And now that it's actually, like, probably really dangerous because uh-huh. now there are so many cases here. Yeah. Now everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. people.
1: Um... My COVID thought that I had uh-huh. when you were saying all that. Completely forgot.
0: Excellent. This is great radio.
1: <laughs> right? It's not radio. Really
0: well, I also it's... broadcast this on an AM channel um, live.
1: Damn it. What So anyway,
0: it? do you have any women's work you want to cover?
1: Well, um, I think we've already talked about the leftovers on here. Yes.
0: Yes, we have. We just had a little break. We just had a little discussion before we started recording.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things that we'll talk about for a long time, I think. And I think I need to rewatch it. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I learned is that A, and this is embarrassing that I didn't know this, that it's the same creator as Lost. Yes. B, he intentionally wanted it to only be three seasons. He wanted Lost to be way shorter than right. it was, which is why I ended up getting fucked up. Right. Because I
0: still love Lost. The
1: network was I did too. I love that. Sure, 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 sure. Why, but the network forced him to do more right, seasons. Right, And he also did The Watchmen. Yes. Which I haven't watched.
0: I Oh, I didn't know he did Watchmen. Yeah. I
1: guess I never put that
0: That's together. That's why I brought it okay, up. Okay, good job. Earlier. Um, <laughs> I also don't have much women's work. Um, I have been sent home from work again, so we are now working from home again. Right. So I'm just... Well, we got cut off because one of my children called me. That's the joy of recording on your phone. Yeah. Anyway, all I was saying is that I'm working from home again, so I will no longer be wearing pants, Mm -hmm. and I will be baking a lot of bread.
1: Yes. Uh, And
0: continuing to get fat.
1: I'll throw this in because it just came to my head, and then we can wrap up this intro. Uh, For women's work, I didn't realize until very recently that my favorite, one of my favorite Twitter accounts, probably in my top three, Doth the doth, yes. At doth the doth, yes. Download Twitter just for at doth the doth. He's
0: very funny. I feel he's like a, talked about him before on the show. He's
1: also got an Instagram account. I know, I know. And I just found that out.
0: I stopped following him. Why? Because I can't follow. I can't. I need to stop following straight people that I'm in love with, that are straight.
1: Hmm. Because
0: sometimes he posts his actual photos.
1: Yeah, and he's, and he's really actually incredibly attractive. Hot. Yeah,
0: and so I just. I just can't do it. He's
1: like sexy hot. I know. He's like macabre, nerdy, sexy hot.
0: I know. Yeah. But I can't do it. It's not good for my emotional well-being.
1: All right, all right. I'm not going to argue that. You're a complicated fuck. (laughs) Fuck.
0: <laughs> so anyway. we are gonna end this intro and then we're gonna record a demi toss for our patrons because we have a whole new patron structure. Yes, we do. And if you don't know about it, then go to patreon.com slash hot drinks or listen to our episode all about it and then join and become a patron and then you can hear the demitoss that we're gonna record that we don't know what it's what it's gonna be about. Wow,
1: wow, 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 flirting? wow. Flirting is it gonna be about flirting. I like it.
0: Okay, let's do it. We'll do a demi toss on flirting. Let's go Okay, so this is LaToya. She's a friend of yours. You guys will get into all this at the beginning yes. of the episode. Yes, But basically we wanted, she's someone that's been doing a lot of work and advocacy for the Black Lives Matter movement. And we just kind of wanted her to come on and talk about her experience and share and help us learn and grow.
1: Yes, and she is a black woman.
0: <laughs> she is dot, 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 a black woman. Is it
1: okay to say that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> no,
0: anyway. Anyway, anyway. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.
1: Okay,
0: <laughs> so- oh. I'm here. Hi.
1: Hey. Hey. So in um in at some point in time, we it, we have because time's just a construct.
0: Yes. We've yes. already
1: recorded an intro.
0: Yes, I know. So people know why I'm not there and why I'm recording virtually and all that stuff. <laughs> they already know. We don't have to talk about it.
1: In other words, we have not recorded an intro and I feel like I need to do an intro. Um, but we're not. We're just diving right in. We already did Let's the do intro. It. So, Let's do it. That
0: intro was so good, by the way. In the intro,
1: I... we said... So many funny have... things. What?
0: So many funny things.
1: Yes. Um, it, we were we said a lot of funny things. Um, so in the intro, we said that we have on a very dear friend of mine who I've known since um, like 05 or 06, I think. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. I- we're just making faces, um, <laughs> down in um Cedar City because you were an undergrad at Southern Utah University. Yeah, and my uh, former husband was on the faculty there and directed some stuff.
0: Did you know he was gay?
1: <laughs> did my you know dad. your
0: husband was gay?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? Yes.
0: Okay.
2: Yes. I mean, yes. Oh, you
1: did. I, you
0: knew too. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um brother coffee was um also in a marriage like mine he's gay except i was the gay one yeah um has three children and you guys have been split now for five six uh
0: yes five yes five years
1: right so um i've told this story to the gentle listeners before that's that's our audience they're gentle listeners lovely i know thank you (laughs) um uh but Uh, When I first moved to Salt Lake, I ran into a mutual friend of mine and Brother Coffey's, and he was like, the three of us should get together and hang out. And as far as I knew, Brother Coffey was still in his mixed orientation marriage. And I was like, no, thanks.
0: (laughs) you (laughs) were like, I don't need that energy in my life.
1: (laughs) But lo and behold, like you were fresh out of the church and fresh out of your marriage.
0: And fresh out of the closet.
1: But you know what? You were super duper gay for being fresh out of the closet.
0: Well, I've pretty much always been. I know.
1: Yeah, I know. Okay. All right. So we digress. So um, please introduce yourself. My name is
2: Latoya, full name Latoya Cameron.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I
2: live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm an actress. Mm -hmm. And I'd like, I guess, I'm going to claim an intense activist, becoming an activist for. Um, black indigenous and POC people in the arts Um, and uh, for Black Lives Matter at least uh, I'm just going to claim that because it's about damn time I mean
1: mean, you have been kicking ass from what I can see because I follow all of your posts Um, when you I'll just ask this right off the bat but like when you say your activism for um black indigenous and and other people of color in the arts tell us specifically what you've done already.
2: Well, I'm a part of a couple of committees um in regards to pr- approaching some of our bigger major theater companies um that have not have been kind of check boxing um shows to make them seem like they are inclusive and diverse, but they actually are not. And we are holding them accountable to the systematic racism that has been implemented at the theaters. So that shit needs to stop. Hell yeah!
1: Yeah. Hell yeah. And so what have you done to hold them
2: accountable? Um, We have sent letters to them, and also it's TBA, because that's not the only thing. We have received responses from the theaters, um, but we still have a lot more work to do.
0: And this is not, this isn't a, this isn't a uniquely Utah problem at all. Like this is happening in theaters across the country. There's a big movement on Broadway right now um, because Broadway has some of that kind of tokenist representation as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think this is a really, I think this is an important part of this larger movement because all over the country where we're, we're only telling certain types of stories.
2: Absolutely. I know I've always been a kind of person who I see a bigger picture, but I understand that we must start within our own community to actually like start to dissect what the fuck we have been doing and allowing to happen. Mm -hmm. And then I've been noticing a lot of people from even like across, um, America have been reaching out and being inspired by these letters and hopefully inspiring them to, act- to actually pro- do active things to make these theaters accountable. Because people automatically just started to stand for you know, Black lives. Right. Um, but they haven't been actually, their actions previous to that have never been that, if that makes right. sense. So it's time to be like, well, we saw your post but these are the things you have done in the past. So what are you going to actually do to rectify that? And also moving forward, what are you implementing in your policies and procedures to make sure that that shit does not happen anymore?
0: Yeah.
1: Holy shit. So asking the question, not just asking it, but putting it in formal letter and getting um, not, not signatures, but like signatures Yeah. for lack of a better way to put it.
2: Yeah. We compiled signatures, basically allies, Uh you know, across I mean, all of in theater patrons, um, just people who want to see that in their community, to see themselves. You know, representation is extremely important. And a lot of our community here are not seeing themselves represented on stage. Right. So it's time it's it's over time. It's you know. Oh oh my
1: God. Oh my god, it's over time. It's over yes. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a few specific questions. Um And I don't know if I want to just dive right into those, but I also want to just hear about you because even though I've known you for a long time, I don't know a lot about... You're growing up and um, act- even where you grew up and stuff like that. So, you want to just kind of give us like an overview?
2: Sure. I um, was born in North Carolina, Fort Brett. My dad was in um, the military. So, I'm not really, I don't really claim myself as a military brat because I didn't really travel around or anything that I can recall. But um, eventually, when my dad got back, he was stationed in Germany, and my mother and I, and my older sister at the time, were living at um, my grandma's house in North Carolina, uh, waiting for him to return from being stationed in Germany. So after he got home, he decided um, to complete his service and didn't re-enlist. And we moved back to, I think we moved to California. My dad's an actor. He's also a musician or used to be, oh, wow. um, he's like a singer and was at a band and wanted to pursue the arts heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, But with two kids, you know, it's kind of difficult to do that. Mm -hmm. So we ended up coming back to Utah um, and most of my life, I grew up in Kaysville, Utah. Um, Yeah, a little farm town at the time. Not so much anymore. (laughs) So why,
0: why Utah was, do you guys have a connection here? Was your family LDS? Like, what was it that brought them to Utah?
2: Actually, my parents aren't LDS, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, my mom grew up in Ogden, and my dad, he grew up in North Carolina. But when my grandpa um, was stationed at Layton Hills Base, that's moved okay. to Utah. So,
1: okay. Yeah.
0: So they both kind of had some history here.
2: Yes.
1: Okay, perfect. A lot of history. Okay. And so, get to the Mormon part. So... <laughs> my' oh, no, I was like good to
2: um, my parents divorced um when I was fourteen, and my dad um started a relationship with a woman who was a part in the church ah. in the l d s church and um they got married, and we <laughs> we were taught the lessons from the very attractive and hot missionaries right. and when you're fourteen like <laughs> come on, of course you're gonna get baptized like <laughs> it's like. You know, your hormones are nuts. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Just being real. Um, and when they asked, I was like, oh, yeah, I totally want to get baptized. <laughs> and then when it finally came to the day, I remember having like this very intense, intuitive feeling of like, this is not for you. Oh, shit. But being 14, you don't really right. understand
1: what that actually means. Oh, right. no, no, no. You know, that happened to me on the day of my ceiling to my gay ex-husband, Gary. <laughs> But even at 21, I didn't know what, it, what to do with it. Right? Yeah. You're just
2: like, okay, recognize it. But also like the the guilt of commitment. And there's a lot of guilt that I was basically <laughs> given um, by other people being like, you said you're going to do it, so do it. Uh uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I got baptized and was a part of the church from 14 up until 25, I think, because I did a little show called Hair. And okay. that kind of, you know, wakens your brain up and you're like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> was this, can I say where that was? Yeah. Is that? Pioneer? Uh, actually, it was um, Egyptian theater in Park City. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, and it just kind of like shook me awake and being like, girl, you've never, this is not the path. This is like, was a lesson to teach you that, dude, this is not for you. Mm-hmm. And you're-, you're more of a spiritual person. Religion is not really the thing that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. And
1: since then I was like, um, I'm not doing that anymore. Right. Yep. How, how, I just hit myself in the face with the phone, brother coffee.
0: <laughs> good job. Well done.
1: <laughs> how old are you now? I'm 35. Okay. So you've been done for a good long time. Yeah. A yeah. couple years longer than me. Even. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So
0: is the rest Sorry of you know. your, <laughs> is the rest of your family still in the church? Like your dad and your sister or,
1: um, most of well my... you have a brother or two i have oh.
2: three brothers oh my god i know <laughs> i mean we that's another story <laughs> So many they're stories. wonderful but um my two sisters don't my my older sister has left as well my little sister doesn't really <clears throat> participate is not really active um my little brother is the only one that served a mission, married in the temple, um, as of last year, and he still participates in, in practicing the religion, but everyone else, like my dad kind of teeters the line a little bit. Sure. Um, because I, I mean, in older age, I think you kind of cling on to right. cling on. Yeah. Did I say cling on or cling on? <laughs> you cling, on
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: cling on to something, you know, <sighs> Because of the fear of, you know, you're closer to death,
1: <laughs> to be honest. Right. And it's like, at that point, how do you create a new identity? Exactly. Yeah. So, so since we're on this topic, and this was not one of the specific topics, or questions, excuse me, that I wanted to ask you, but since we're talking about it, tell us about being Black in Utah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I <laughs>
2: wish <laughs> I could write, like, a story about it. I probably will You one probably day. will. Um, It's definitely... Honestly, has come up for me trying to find your identity within a world that doesn't reflect you. Mm-hmm. Right. It's so complicated. Like, instantly, I find myself comparing myself to people that don't look out like me. Yeah. And you feel a sense of lesser than mm-hmm. because you're treated lesser than. Mm-hmm. So it's like this kind of space of of, unc- of <clears throat> you 're now i 'm conscious of it, but my i wasn 't aware that I was doing that to myself because you know when I was a kid, I got made fun of you know I wear glasses and I had big eyes, and <laughs> you know my hair is beautiful <laughs> thank you very much let 's just say that Let's just say that it is beautiful and people didn 't understand it, and so I got ridiculed for being different for being black. I remember actually a teacher. Um, I don't remember what her name was, but we had to do self-portraits. This came up to me, like, for me this year with everything. This memory? This memory. Uh Uh-huh. Where we had to do our self-portraits. And, you know, kids grabbed whatever paper, like, I think it was white paper, peach paper, whatever. Me, I grabbed a black piece of paper. You know, and just start drawing. Like mm-hmm. no big deal. I didn't think about it. And she like came out. She's like, no, 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 sweetheart. That's not the paper you need to to be drawing yourself on. You need to be using this. You're brown. And I was like, what? <laughs> like okay. And you don't and you don't really wow. kind of register what that really, truly, actually, how that affects you when mm-hmm. you're a kid. Um, I got like my family got. We were the only black family on the street um, in Caseville. And how many people? how many adults told their kids that they couldn't be friends with us because not really black. We weren't LDS at the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're like double whammy. That's like, you know, the sin of sin, like Mm -hmm. Jesus, it was horrible. And, and I was like, what's wrong? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. got blamed for shit that happened. Um, This little, this girl, my next door neighbor broke her own glasses and her brother um, and her and her little sister blamed me for breaking their glasses, told their parents I did. I was like, girl, I didn't even know you had new glasses. And her brother called me the N-word. Yeah. Because of it. Like this N-word. And I, I won't use the word because I, I highly dislike it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And I heard that from kids. You know, so where do kids learn those kinds of, you know, those horrible words from yeah. their parents? Right. And this is in good old Salt Lake, not Salt Lake, in Kaysville, Utah. Yeah. You know, where it's supposed to be about loving your neighbors. But right. But it was anything but. Right.
1: Anything bad no. I think no.
0: for people who haven't lived in Utah, they don't fully understand how white the community is here. I mean, I, like I grew up in
2: quite. Quite. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Provo, and I and I was I was I work a friend of mine at work is black, and we were talking about this, and she kind of moved here because of a boy, and and he was like, "It's really different." She's like, "Oh, whatever, it's fine. It looks like Salt Lake. It's like any big city, but." Then she's like and then i got here and i was like oh holy cow it is very different but like <laughs> i i literally did not know black people growing up you know it just was like i didn't i didn't know anyone yeah. who wasn't white and mormon you know that was everyone right. in my circle as a child was white and mormon and so it is it is kind of a singular place in that way that where the communities are so homogenous, and if there is something about you that's different, whether it's being black or not being LDS or whatever, or both of those things, you know, that is a real, um, a real differentiator for people.
2: Yeah. And I had something, I don't know. I mean, I, I have lovely parents who really, I guess established in me at a very young age to really love people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and to really, let them be who they are. I'd like to think that I'm still that way in my, in my adult life. Um, because I'm like, who cares? I'm like, we, I didn't care what religion you were. I didn't care what you look like, what race, whatever didn't matter because I was taught that to love everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how, when I was in the church, how they talk about that, but their actions always said something different. Yeah. Um, and I, and it's, it amazed me of how these expectations of me have to be at such a different standard, but the standards for themselves were were never at the same place, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's overwhelming sometimes.
1: For the sake of, of like having um, a multifaceted conversation, so my upbringing was completely different from Josh's because I grew up in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Did you know that about me? I did not know that. Oh my God. That's dope. <laughs> Louisiana and a few other southern states before I hit BYU in 94. Um, Here's something that's, okay, two things, really interesting. Um, All of my teachers in elementary school except for two were black women. And... um, Black History Month was always the most exciting time of the year, probably second to Christmas. Let's let's be honest. Wow. You know, um, it, it was always very exciting. And we were always very excited to pick which figure from Black history we were going to make our report about. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at the same time, I'm being raised by a racist father. He's not... Um, he wasn't. I I, I want to use the correct word here, uh, overtly or gregariously racist, because he was always kind to people to their faces, but he did use the N word. Mm. That sounds a lot like what is happening
2: here in Utah, except all the amazing. You know, I I didn't. I never had a teacher that was black. Oh
1: yeah. 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 No. Ever. Um, I mean, yeah, a lot of just amazing Black women, and um, uh, my very first crush was this uh, Black boy named DJ in second grade, and he still we're still friends today, and on social media, when I, I posted something recently about um the moment the movement that we're all in right now with Black Lives Matter and police brutality, and he commented and he said. You have been down since second grade. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And I could not internalize it because I I don't know what, what the next part of that sentence is. I'll tell you this, though. Two years ago, I was in New Orleans for the, uh not for the first time because I'm from Louisiana, but I was in New Orleans and drinking for the first time. And I got super drunk and I texted my friend DJ and... Drunk Ashley apologized for being white. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so curious. what I said, (laughs) just laugh emoji times a billion. Mm -hmm. He was like, I'm laughing so hard. I can't even stop. And I think that there's a lot there, um, that, um, that I'm just not okay with. My grandfather said, um, disparaging things and even my dad tried to correct my grandfather once when he said colored people my dad who was okay saying the n-word from time to time said you know Mr. uh Mr. Guy (laughs) Mr. Tree Branch (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they don't uh black people don't like being called colored anymore Mm -hmm. and my papa Act like, acted like he didn't hear what my dad said and started over again with the conversation, saying it again, like he could give a fuck. Right. <laughs> so, and so I have, I think I've internalized a lot of that and I, and I question how did I contribute or how, how, what learned behaviors were there that I didn't know about? I You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, and, and I'm not looking for anyone to make me All feel right. better. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you know. know. Okay. okay. Okay, good. You know that. Well, I just want to say, like, that's what we,
2: that's, this is what needs to happen. You know, the destruction, not, I mean, I guess the destruction. <laughs> Destroy, Destroy everything. <laughs> the really actually diving in deep and, and really assessing where the root of things, like where the root of where those kinds of thoughts and stuff came from Mm -hmm. and then how did it, how does implement into your life, how you, how you view other like unintentionally, Mm -hmm. you know, how you say things, Um, you know, like that's the work, you know, and then seeking out rectifying those things, fixing, educating, Mm you know, advocating, Uh um, Speaking up, standing up, standing beside, don't sit on the way, like on the wayside and just be like, I'm, I'm here. I do believe that black lives matter, but don't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. It's showing up however you can, Mm -hmm. you know, but the things that have happened. Yeah. That has happened. Mm -hmm. You recognize that Mm -hmm. and you keep moving forward and to make sure that you don't pass that down right that it stops with you yeah you know
1: I think maybe I just have developed a hypersensitivity because of it oh and so since the George Floyd moment not since the uh um and of course I'm drawing a blank because we're recording um uh, just give me another name a year ago two years ago you know all the names. <laughs> yes, like, oh, Eric Garner oh, and Garner. uh, Flan... Taylor. Yeah, who has not received justice Isn't, yet? Right, <laughs> but it was the George Floyd moment that made me, while I'm in public, see black people. Since I've been in in, in Salt Lake, let's put it that way, mm-hmm. and I'm like, there are black people everywhere. Oh yeah. And I have not seen them. What the fuck is that? Do you have an answer? Well, <laughs> you Josh or brother Do comment? you have an answer?
2: Well, honestly, I think it's the whole, I don't see color. That whole mentality thing. That oh, okay. whole, whatever the fuck that was. Right. That is. I don't see color. Um, I think that is is definitely, it's still a thing in Utah where people are like, I don't see color. I see the person. We're all a part of the human race. Well, no shit, sure. Like, <laughs> yes, we are a part of the human race. We all know this. Also, we are Black. We are Indigenous. Mm-hmm. We are Latinx. Mm-hmm. We are, we want you to see us for what we are. Uh-huh. Because There's pride in all, Mm -hmm. all of the beautiful colors that this world is, you Mm -hmm. know? So it's like, I feel like people use the excuse of, I don't see color, but I see, you know, human beings and I love all. I'm like, then you're literally excusing us, excusing yourself from seeing us, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that could be, could be, I don't know, there could be many, many, many things, but also it's like, no, we've, we've always wanted you to see us. Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah. Always. It's never been about not seeing us, you
1: know. So interestingly enough, growing up in Louisiana with black friends and black teachers and such. When I was in high school in Tulsa, there was one black student in my high school in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Only one. Yeah. I mean, I can relate. (laughs) And, And I think it had to do with where I was going to school in Tulsa. Okay. And, which is a good segue to the fact that I didn't know about Black Wall Street until many, many, many years after moving away from Tulsa. Well, to be real,
2: I don't think any of <laughs> us knew what that was yes. until we did. <laughs> I mean, we, our history is so skewed and so as backwards and only um, amplifies one voice of white people being so great and look, I mean, even I'm, I remember, um, and I'm not the only one who experienced this in junior high or high school in history class. It's like, well, you know, not all of the white people who, who owned enslaved, um, (sighs) Black people um, or African uh, people—they um, didn't treat them that bad. They weren't—they oh. weren't that bad. Oh, 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 and oh. I was like, "Oh no, dude, that, that no, no, no. <laughs> you just like—I don't know how you're disregarding all that information you just said. Right? No, it's all fucked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, no, you know. Uh-huh. And, and we—I—I I never learned about Black Wall Street until I found
1: out myself. Brother Coffee, when did you find out about Black Wall Street? Uh,
0: Probably when I watched The Watchmen on HBO, I mean, I think you had mentioned it to me before, but that—that's when I learned more about it. Uh-huh. Um, but I think we have a—I mean, this is not—I don't think I'm saying anything real revelatory here, but you know, again, like you were saying at the beginning, we tell one kind of story in America, and we, and in America, we tell the story of, you know, the straight white cr- Christian man, and that's that's the narrative that matters the most here. Um, you know, I'm gay, and I'm you know, and I would never claim that being gay, you know, is the same as, as what, you know, indigenous people or people of color have gone through in this country. But I think, you know, it's the same kind of thing. There's huge swaths of gay history that I didn't know about until I came out and found out about them for myself, you know, because I think we just, we don't want to tell those stories. We want to tell the stories about, you know, happy, successful white christian men and the and the people around them so um you know we (laughs) there's there's so many stories that people don't know and that and that people you know or people are shocked when they find out you know but but it's because we're we're only telling one kind of story
1: let's take a quick break and then we'll get into those um specific questions that i had for latoya awesome hey hi <laughs>
0: why Why were you why were you whispering
1: <laughs> nothing when it started did you, did you hear that yes did you hear what i said
0: no okay. but but who knows an a intrepid <laughs> gentle listener may have
1: <laughs> okay so i have um a few thoughts so um i in that hypersensitivity that i have that i'm not asking you to feel, help me like feel better about or anything um I am hypersensitive to the fact that I ask you to come on because I know you've already been doing so much. Um, even if you don't feel like you're out there, like pounding the pavement or protesting or whatever, you are a woman of color and have been doing the emotional mental labor your whole life. And so I just, one, want to say thank you for coming on and doing the, the podcast, um, <clears throat> and two. When us white people <laughs> pull our heads out of our asses and are asking our black friend to come uh, be on our podcast or speak at our thing or whatever, like just tell t- tell me what that's like for you. Um. Honestly, it's it's
2: intimidating. And overwhelming because you know there's a lot of different kinds of experiences that i wish i could express to everyone so they can understand like there's no one specific way to be a person of of any different ethnicity uh-huh. I hate the phrase people of color. I just always have. Oh, you do? Okay. Only because it's like, it's so, everyone uses it again. And I was like, don't you remember how we used that as like a racist thing back in the day? But we're going to try to claim it. I don't know. But I like see. to each their own. Okay. Because I know that, you know, there are a lot of people who probably are fine with it. Anyway, uh-huh. that was a digress. But hmm. um, there is no <clears throat> one way to be, to, 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 you know, experience being a black person. Or a person in any different ethnicity, and I wish that I could be able to um, share all the different types of those stories um, and those experiences. But I'm only one person, Um, right? (laughs) You know, so sometimes it feels overwhelming because I'm sure there are going to be people who can relate to me, and others who probably like, oh, she's not even halfway into what actually is really happening. Sure, because you know, like in the moment, you just express what comes to mind um but -hmm. I know I'm missing so much more um that is happening you know and has happened
1: but then but then to that point that's what everyone's work is not just yours exactly right yeah right um
0: but I think why and this is kind of what this podcast has always been about is you know, everyone's experience, you know, we, we talked to a lot of journey out of Mormonism. Um, you know, we, we recognize that journey is very different. You know, there's not a right way or a wrong way right. to, to leave the church. Um And so I think, you know, just like you have your own, obviously, and you're, taking those experiences and doing with them, what you feel like is the important work for you to do, you know, yeah, it's not going to be the same work that somebody else is doing or the same thing that someone else is passionate about or whatever. But I think that's, that's kind of what it takes. It's like when you said that we all have to kind of start in our local communities first, you know, we, 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 you can't, none of us can wave a magic wand and just make everything perfect in the world. We all have to kind of start with the little pieces that we can impact. Right. Um, and kind of, and kind of work through that. Um, I'd love to hear about, you know, cause you weren't a member of the church for a, a super long time, but long enough, I'm sure that you, you know, sat through a lot of Sunday schools and, and, and seminary and whatever. What, what was it, what was that experience like being a, a black woman in Utah in the Mormon church? Did you see the racism <laughs> in the, in Mormonism right away? Or was it,
2: Oh, did it oh, yeah. take a
0: little bit of time to find or <laughs> you know
2: She didn't even to think about it oh yeah it's it's interesting especially with like um white not all white men but you know white men in the church who fetishize or not or you become their like exotic fantasy of like oh you're right. this black girl um in the church and like you know you become not like a person you become this kind of like um uh what's the word this like item this object you know this object yeah Yeah, and I'm like novelty. no I'm like that ain't that ain't it (laughs) and then the whole thing about um one of the biggest reasons and probably the biggest reason why I decided to leave the church was I never understood the whole um because my skin is black um I am like I essentially came here uh, full of sin
1: mm-hmm. yeah
2: um i am in, in the race of cain mm-hmm. um and the what was it the lemonites had the dark skin so they were like yeah. not of god they were like you know the bad right. essentially the bad they guys, they, you know? they were blood drinkers
1: right and like just yeah. they didn't cook they, their they, meat they ate it raw.
0: they would literally <laughs> just... they would literally turn white when they became righteous like the, oh. like the, like they I would that. yeah it says that in the book of mormon that they <laughs> yeah you know that when they when they you know kind of started following God, that their skin would lighten. I mean, it's like it's so overt the way the way that it's written. Seriously. And I think I think all of us do our own hoop jumping when we're in the church of like making it maybe make sense in our head or whatever. But yeah, it's not it's not subtle the racism in the Book of Mormon. It's like pretty blatantly out there,
2: right? And like literally, I love I, I remember when we brought that topic up. Like I, I heard it from you know friends of mine that's why they couldn't be friends with me um Jesus. and then you know hearing that by the missionaries and i was like they never have the answers they're like they're yeah. always the you know we just don't know yeah you know, god's plan and blah 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 mm-hmm. we just have to have faith and i was like Mm-mm, no mm-hmm. like yeah and it really mentally messed me up for a long time a lot of days i would cry because i was like what did i do what did I do? Right. It makes you feel, once again, inferior. Yeah. It, and it literally was just racist bullshit because right. the pro- some prophets were fucking racist. <laughs> right. So, and it's a shame that the church won't take ownership of that. Right. And apologize. Um, and they just keep kind of sweeping it under the rug by doing that one, that, that, what was that ceremony? That one. Um, you know celebration that the black people could actually have the priesthood back in you know and I was like (laughs) you've got to be kidding me you guys are going to have a celebration like get out of here with that nonsense Uh well
0: and and without even acknowledging like now the church is even trying to distance themselves from the language of like oh we never taught that black people were the descendants (laughs) of Cain or but like but yet every Mormon I know has heard that so so if it wasn't quote-unquote like official doctrine every single person in the church was still learning it you know I heard that growing up you know and I and 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 you heard that and you grew up in a different city than I did at a different time and so you know now the church just wants to say like oh we don't know where that came from and we don't know why you know blacks couldn't have the priesthood or the temple blessings you know before the certain time but 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 like we all heard it yeah
2: yeah, Google is literally the holder of receipts. We got the yeah. receipts. <laughs> yeah. like, you can't hide. <laughs> like, just, you know, own it. Yeah. Own it and fix it. Like, uh-huh. don't try to sweep it under the rug and claim that. <laughs> I heard this when I was 14.
1: So Right. 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 Like, come on. I saw, um, I posted this on my personal Instagram page, but it was a reductress um, that said, uh, wow, this woman says... I really feel like I'm being attacked when she's presented with facts. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh, oh, I have so many, so many people I grew up with who literally are not about facts and they think I'm attacking them when I ask them for what Where did you get that? What's the source? And they're like, oh, you just are trying to like, I was like, no, I'm trying to actually have an open conversation with you, right. but I need to understand where your opinions are coming from. So give me the fucking source. it's <laughs> so combative of you. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, are your feelings hurt? Because I'm asking you to actually have fact-checked articles. <laughs> oh, well, boo-hoo. Yep. Did yep. you forget how to research and stuff? Did you get your education? I know you went to college. Right.
1: I know. I'm being an ass. No, you're not. You are not. <laughs> so, um, We were at the same um, rally. I saw you there. Mm -hmm. Um, It was at the old court or the, what do they call the the building? The Salt Lake County building or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like the bell tower. It was, what particular rally was this for? It was um, the Black Lives Matter one. It it was the the one that the Salt Lake chapter. Yeah. And they changed the time to make it in the morning so that those that get their asses out of bed. Really you know, those right that. yeah mm-hmm. you were the ones that really want to show up and I cried um you know those tears of like uh akin to like tears of of oh I hate even saying this but patriotism you're not sad you're not they're not happy tears they're just like tears of just extreme emotion when i heard the girl and i'm sorry that i don't remember her name but her speech um which we're all calling now let's talk about utah yeah um which you can find gentle listeners and um if someone reminds me i can put the link to it uh, on our instagram, instagram bio but
0: who who's gonna remind you
1: um one of the gentle <laughs> listeners
0: okay they're, they're really just gonna good at like <laughs> send you a message or something
1: We we suck at this so bad um but um when she's you know she's giving things like this isn't Minneapolis but let's talk about Utah yeah you know and there's really something to that and so to, to combine, a couple, combine a couple of thoughts into one, I was listening to a podcast today with um, Isabel Wilkerson, who wrote The Warmth of Other Suns, which is about the Great Migration, hmm. and it focuses on three people's experiences. Um, and for those of you white folk out there who don't know what I mean by the Great Migration, um, it took place over many, many decades of just freed black people getting the fuck out of the South. Whether it was right after they were freed or at some other point where they realized in the South, you cannot escape a caste system. Um, And she uses that language. But um, I'm listening to this podcast and the podcast host says that in the early decades of the 20th century in the south a black person was lynched every four days but today a black person is killed by a cop every two to three days and then to bring it back to utah there is a statistic going around that utah has the worst statistic in in that regard Mm -hmm. and how is it that we live here and we don't know that
2: well, no one wants to talk about <laughs> anything real.
1: <laughs> well, we, we live in the capital of, place, of, of places where people do not want to talk about yeah. real things.
2: People want to keep the whole, you know, rose-colored glasses or, or the, the famous phrase, ignorance is bliss, mm-hmm. you know. And the moment that that ignorance turns into actual knowledge... Um, people lose their their minds. Yeah. you know, they're like, "This has been happening." It's yeah. like, "Well, of course it's been happening,
1: <laughs> darling." Like, <laughs>
2: come on. Um, but it's like it's sometimes I, I do question. I know I told you this earlier that I feel like a lot of people make the choice to continue to wear blinders. You know, to not really pay attention to what's actually happening. Uh-huh. I mean, police brutalities and murders happen here, um, all the time. Yeah, you know. Micro aggressive racism does happen here. Uh Blatant racism happens here, right? You know, and you probably have been privy to it. Sure. You know? So it's like, yes, sometimes I, I know actually that people decide to consciously make the choice of being like, Nope, that's not happening. And I'm just going to keep wearing my blinders and just Uh keep ignoring it because ignorance is bliss and I'm going to continue to just do that. Yeah. And that does not solve the problem It actually escalates it to be, to get worse honestly as we see
1: yeah brother coffee did you know that about utah have you been seeing that statistic
0: i did not know it until recently and in fact i remember when uh when the protests really started in earnest um you know a month or so ago a friend of mine were talking and i remember us both saying like well at least like the the police we have here are do a pretty good job of like you know, being on top of it and not, you know, not accidentally killing people. And then when I saw that statistic, I sent it to this friend who I'd had that conversation with. And I was like, hold up, hold up. We were incredibly wrong because, yeah, because Utah has the highest percentage of um, of murders of black people by police, you know, per per population of, of anywhere in the country. So I think part of that is this, I mean, part of it absolutely is what you said, Latoya, like this kind of ignorance is bliss. I think there's definitely a culture of like perfectionism here where people want everything to be perfect and clean and shiny and easy. Um, And we don't want to talk about the hard things. Um, And I think there's a, and I think there's a, yeah, a willingness to just kind of sweep things under the rug for the sake of conformity. And, and I think there's a, a willingness to, we we value kindness in utah over honesty or over truth and i and we 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 celebrate like oh everyone here's so nice and it's such a kind state but sometimes that kindness often that kindness is really insidious because it's hiding bigger problems that we're sort of glossing over with like a smile on our face and friendly to each other so i think you know i think we don't want to we don't want to argue and we don't want to talk about hard things and we don't want to be sad you know we view all those things as just purely negative instead of recognizing that you know in order to grow we have to have hard conversations and we have to hurt people's feelings and we have to you know be honest about where we've screwed up and where our institutions have screwed up and where we as individuals have screwed up and and i think we're very loath to do that here because there's <clears throat> sort of this mormon ideal of just, you know, happiness and complacency.
1: Yeah. So I had an experience with my dad in my adult years. I had had all four of my kids. So this was during the time that, you know, we were living in Cedar City at the same time. Um, And um, I would like your reaction to what my therapist told me about this experience. So my dad had invited over uh, my gay ex-husband, Gary, and um, a couple other people who you actually know to watch um, one of the LSU football games. We're a huge LSU football family. Louisiana Mm -hmm. State. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, there was a commercial with it was a car commercial and it was this family in this car driving in some type of place that would have elephants okay this is spotty memory and the elephant sits still there i mean brother coffee yeah, you cut,
0: okay. out, you cut out for a second. Okay,
1: because I got a phone call. Um, so oh. the, the commercial is about how sturdy the car was that even an elephant could sit on it. But before the elephant, you could see the elephant was about to sit on the car. And my dad is shouting at the TV because he gets really manic when he's watching LSU football. And he's shouting at the TV for them to put the car in reverse, put the car in reverse. The man driving was a black man. And when he didn't put the car in reverse, my dad used a racial slur. <laughs> I wish you could see Latoya's face right now. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> and um, I wasn't there. It was just my gay ex-husband, Gary, and his, and his two male buddies. And uh, when my gay ex-husband, Gary, came home and told me about it, I thought I was going to go through the ceiling. And I called my dad to have a conversation with him. And it did not go well. Which is fine. Um, it's fine that it didn't go well, right? Like, uh, And by it, saying it didn't go well, we argued. We could not see eye to eye. And um, I had hoped... That it would just be a quick, like, Dad, don't you see how you just cannot say things like that? And no. After talking to him for about a half hour, he said, when I am around you, I will not use that language, but I won't deny my truth. So this is the racism that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was, it was like a, a peppering and it, like I said, it wasn't crazy overt, but it was definitely enough that it i I could see it plain as day. I told my therapist about it at my next appointment, and she chided me for trying to change my dad's mind because it's not she's like there's nothing you can do to change that man at this point. I've already talked to my therapist at length about my father, and she just saw it as just like inviting negativity and frustration into my life when I didn't need that what do you say to that no
2: (laughs) (laughs) that is the weirdest thing I would ever hear I mean I I get that whole you know you you, it's hard to change people Mm -hmm. but if that's his truth you have every right to vocalize your truth yes so, yes. you know, like, I feel like it'd be more harmful, especially to the person who doesn't, you, you know, who feels silenced mm-hmm. to not speak, you know, to just allow that to happen, especially if it does affect, you know, you and your beliefs and your truth. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, no, that's I, to me personally, I literally just inside laugh and then I feel enraged.
1: <laughs> and so, but this is the conversation that, that we're finally fucking having and by we, I mean, white people, the work of anti-racism that mm-hmm. has been, a, a, and, and really quick, how do you feel about that 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 terminology, anti-racism, as opposed to just saying, as opposed to whatever it is we've been doing. Anti-racism is, it, to me, is work intensive. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, racism, being
2: against racism doesn't really i mean it means something but it doesn't have any action mm-hmm. being anti-racist does it's yes it's continuous it's every single day it's uh-huh. stopping it immediately stopping the verbiage stopping when you <coughs> see it happening stepping in like con like always educating yourself like it's it literally is literally taking the commitment of continuing that every single day at every single moment right so right i prefer that you right by mm-hmm.
1: far yeah and so we're having this, 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 this dialogue now as white people about what it means to be anti-racist and that anything else is just not enough. And one of those, one of those action items is calling people out. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is our responsibility, and I, and I said this at some point, and, and I don't know if I'll be able to quote myself, um, we've created this la la go lucky happy go lucky bubble that we live in we're accountable for the bubble we're accountable to pop the bubble mm-hmm. we are and so do you find that do you get frustrated because we're just not realizing this i mean I don't, I don't even know what question I'm trying to ask. Just tell me what you're thinking right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind
2: of, I mean, I'm trying to remember something I saw on Facebook yesterday and I was laughing so hard. And then it was like this cold truth <laughs> that like, um, A- Ailey or not Ailey. Wow. Um, allyship fatigue. And it was like something like, oh. allyship fatigue. Um, uh, oh, I wish I could remember. Basically it was like, but you just learned this 72 hours ago. Like, how can you be tired? Yeah you know yeah and I was dying because I was like but how true is that like this is not new and everyone's so their brains are so like blown up that Uh this is happening and I was like it's been happening for 400 years y'all like where have you been where have we been um yeah and it's it's like I I'm so confused by it why people are just realizing it now in 2020 when it's been happening since we were taken from our land mm-hmm. and forced to build this country. Yeah. yeah, you know it's it's literally we had statues celebrating that. Yeah, and we have and still do. And still do. Yeah, and people are so like flabbergasted about taking those those statues <laughs> down when they should be more flabbergasted and upset and enraged by the murders of black and brown people. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm just like, I, I guess my brain, I'm and, and just like, how can you, how, how do you just realize this now right. when it's been in your face the whole time? I know. How many videos of Black men and women being shot, yeah. you know, that we've seen or acts of violence towards them, and then compared to white men who have created, who have been mass murderers, mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. created massacres, yes. and they are still waiting for their trial. You know, give him Burger King, you know, let <laughs> me treat you to some Burger King. Oh, you need some water. Let me get you some water. Oh, Jesus. But a black man, um, you know, is, un, is unjustly murdered,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which for doing nothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> nothing for nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how people and I know people saw those videos. So yeah. how can they not be aware that this has been happening? Right. You know,
1: right. Um I want to start like um wrapping it up because we've been going for almost an hour and Brother Coffee has to pick up his child from <laughs> his job. Um <laughs> You know
0: what? You let's just kind of wrap up this little part and then you can do the five questions with her without me and, and Um kind of uh, We're not even gonna the do answer. the
1: five questions. Oh, okay. Because I didn't tell her to prepare those. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> They're questions like if you I'll just tell you right now what the questions are and if you like
2: rapid fire yeah
1: yeah okay if this topic was a cocktail what would it be called and what would be in it a dirty martini (laughs) oh I love (laughs) it with an olive with an olive okay and um oh I can't wait to hear the answer to this um which golden girl are you oh shoot I can't even
2: think of any of their names Um, the really no, I think I would be. I
1: don't know. Okay, cool. (laughs) Um, and uh, what was the uh, help me, brother coffee?
0: What, um, what other topic would you be an expert on that you could talk about on a podcast?
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, I'd probably be theater, probably there. Okay,
1: fair enough. By the way, Latoya has acted for a Pioneer. You've gone, you've gone outside of Utah and, and done equity jobs, mm-hmm. um, Salt Lake Acting Company, among some of the other. Oh, uh, Plan B. Oplan B. Yeah. Um, Utah Shakespeare Festival. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck. Yes.
2: Um, the Shakespeare Festival. Went to New York and performed out there. Went to Denver Center. Still yeah. have way, way more,
1: a lot more work to do. A lot more. It's so exciting. So. <laughs> it's so exciting because I knew Latoya as an undergrad, and now I'm seeing her, her career. Like, Latoya, are there
0: are there theaters in Utah? This is kind of off topic, but you know, I know you're working to kind of hold theaters accountable for their diversity and the representation mm-hmm. in the stories <laughs> that are telling. Are there theaters here that are doing a good job or that are doing a better job that people should be supporting, or is it pretty terrible across the board?
2: <laughs> you know, um I I know that there are some some theaters that are holding themselves accountable on their own, and I appreciate that. Um, I do, I will give a big shout out to plan B theater company because they have been hugely inclusive across the board with race, um, uh, sexuality, um, and just, they've, they've been always advocates of equality and unity, um, across the board. So
0: that's awesome.
1: So one of the other, of the five questions that we ask and, and let's kind of wrap up with this. I think this will be really good. Um, that we ask every single guest and so far every single guest we've had has been ex mormon okay and so it's it seems like a pertinent question but it doesn't it's not the question isn't about being ex mormon it's more is ex- existential which is
0: i feel like it's more it's a better question if you spend a long time explaining it and giving it <laughs> parameters
1: Fuck instead you. of
0: just asking it and seeing what happens i know like the, i never do the that. more the more explanation we can give, I think, the better. So, yeah. so do, thank you for that. Anything
1: else you want to add before I? Add no, so I mean, I think you've really, you've okay, really okay.
0: Uh, put that question in a blender and whipped it right up. So, Jesus
1: Christ, what do you know to be true now? What do I know
2: to be true now? That literally, life is a journey. That self-love is so important. Trusting your instincts is key. And forgiveness of not only others, but mostly yourself. Um, Because you're going to fuck up on the journey. Mm -hmm. And just be okay with it. And never, ever forget to, when you're climbing the hill, to look back at the journey that you've, you've been climbing. Yeah, I feel that that is probably the truest thing. To claim your life as yours and don't live for anybody else.
1: Amazing.
0: Awesome. Beautiful.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Um, <laughs> one thing I've been asking lately, is there anything else that you'd like to say that we have not covered?
2: Um, you know, I just, uh, I guess I'm going to say this. I was like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, I just encourage people to continue to stand up and keep um, speaking up and showing up for our black and brown and also indigenous and also POC people um and also get educated um to really know what are what america we actually live in yeah um so we can actually make it better for the future because that's really what this is all about mm-hmm. i don't want the future to live in this world that we are that we have to live in yeah so let's keep fighting and make mm-hmm. this world better
1: we have to we can't stop until it's fixed exactly yeah. so yeah. Keep growing up
2: and if you get tired you've already been exhausted working a nine-to-five job so Shoot. might as well be exhausted doing something with purpose yes
1: <laughs> fuck yes and there it is and then we'll end with that. Brother thank coffee, you so final? much,
0: Latoya. That was really wonderful.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And goodbye.